morning, everybody, and welcome into the Mary Griffith Show for this Thursday, December 21st. Of course, the Mary Griffith Show is sponsored by Harvest Ridge Coffee. We can get premier coffees roasted and delivered in small batches, and they are hand-roasted. Plenty of delicious blends, and they're delivered fresh to assure you a rich, sophisticated, delicious coffee experience. You can get that uh, if you're uh, you know, at your uh, place of business, get it delivered there, or just go to the local convenience store near you to get your serving of Harvest Ridge Coffee and get yourself woke up in the morning. Scott Hardy in for Mary. And uh, in is uh, Deborah Lee, Master Gardener Deborah Lee. Good morning. Hello. And, of course, today is the solstice. Yes, happy solstice. Yes, and uh, it is a good thing because, you know, it's been really in recorded history and before then, it's one of the things that people really made it a point to know when that winter solstice and when the spring equinox and when that was going to happen. It is. It's a very powerful time of the year. I thought I'd talk a wee bit about that, and especially how it relates to those of us that like to be gardening and doing things. But it's, a, it's, a, it's been six months since it was the longest day of the year, the most sun. And now it's really a time for just going within. Uh, we've had the month of December, which is can be restful, should be restful, usually isn't. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it gives us a, an opportunity in these darker months and time of the year where there's not as much light that we can just kind of review what we had the year before, whether it's gardening or whatever it is, and then start to envision what we would like to have coming up into the next year. And certainly it's a fun time for gardeners. Uh, once we get past Christmas and we have that week that I think is just kind of really special, especially if we have it off, uh, then we can get out the uh, catalogs and look at different kind of plants that we might want to order or seeds that we want to order and, and just begin to plan. And I think it's fun to stand by the windows or go outside. It's going to be kind of warm. And just start jotting down ideas, including things that maybe didn't work real well last year that you tried. Because it's always a learning opportunity. That's a good idea. That's really a good idea. Not only not only that, but you know the thought that you're putting into it. Because most people, myself included, would just wouldn't really think about that until maybe late March, early April. But the way you're presenting it, it's like have a good idea of what you want to do now and get your seeds, like you mentioned, right. because. I imagine you, when you envision it, uh, are you what it goes into the thought process when you envision what you're going to be planting and where you're going to plant? Well, it? now I have like over an acre of flowers. <laughs> so, wow. So, so that's quite a few. That's thousands of flowers. And then, of course, I work with Terrapin Farms, and we're both on my, my land, and we have our kind of our separate businesses, but we work together. And so this is the time of the year where Jessica and I, especially Jessica, are thinking about... I think she ordered about 100,000 seeds last year. So we're really thinking about what's new and what would be good and reviewing like, wow, what worked really well last year and where we put it and and things like that. So we're in a, a little bit bigger area. But still, for me, I have like a herb garden Okay. and flower gardens, and then I'm starting a new environmental education garden. So I'm having a lot of fun just like, how can I make the most of this? And so I'm thinking a big picture, but maybe only you have just a few plants in, in containers out. But it's still fun fun to to think ahead. But also while we're thinking ahead, we don't want to forget the plants that are indoors. Um, that's true. That's that's true. And you ha uh, folks who have their plants indoors, you kind of have to watch out for it. And you realize that indoors, it's a lot drier. 
Right. And I actually, for the first time this year, brought in some containers that were pretty big. And I have them in a room that's kind of like a garden room. I have lots of big windows there. Uh, and they're doing really great. Uh, so this is the time when we kind of look at those plants because we're busy. And it might not be until the day after Christmas that we can really sit down and, and think about it. But, but it's a good time to look at them and see if maybe their roots are probably crunched into a planter that's too small for them. And so we can go out and, and get some new ones, or maybe we have some big ones someplace in the house that we can rotate them out. Um, and when you do that, you want to get a lot of new potting soil. Keep some of the soil that you have, but get some good, rich potting mix and put that in there. And if you're not repotting them, it, it's a good time to get the little fertilizer sticks and put uh, two or three or four of those in, depending on the size of the container, and then start watering them about every week. It's kind of easy to forget to do that with mm-hmm. houseplants. Uh, and be sure that they're in a sunny location. I I sometimes throughout the day will move them around. My dining room has a door on it, and so I'll move the plants into where it's real sunny. And then, um, So, you know, that a lot of people might not want to do that. But I put them on a rug, and I can just scoot them around really easily. I was going to say, that, that makes it easier. and Because uh, sometimes uh, you got to keep in mind when you're, when you're repotting plants, just basically the size of the plant. Right. Because right. growing up, I went through that. My mother had a chiflera, and it got pretty big. <laughs> and she would need me to lift and do that. So you got to keep the size of the plant in mind, too, when you do and this. And trim them sometimes when they do start to get a little too tall. And, and, and that's something that you have to really look at. The plant mm-hmm. will sort of tell you that it's not happy. Like if the leaves start falling off, well, okay, that's... They probably don't have a lot, enough water, or maybe they have some kind of disease. But, right. But we really need to look at them and use our common sense, too, and, and see what they need. Right. I wanted to get back to uh, the planting schedule that you have. We were talking about, like, for instance, just the uh, ornamental uh, plants that you're going to be planting. Do you think of a certain type of colors mix of colors that you want, for instance? Right. For the last three years, I've been doing an ever-expanding uh, rows of cut uh, flowers for cutting. So people can come out for $10 and get a bouquet of 20 that they can pick. And So that's been fun, trying to figure out what people will like most and, and what we can do that works. And so that's kind of an, an ever-challenging aspect. But we buy some ground fabric that I don't know if you can get commercially in the stores, but it's a heavy ground fabric. And so I'll maybe have an area of 50 feet and maybe maybe longer than that. And then you burn holes in it. Okay. It's a kind of material. I don't know what the word for that is, but you have to, like if you try to cut it, you have to burn the edges because it'll shrivel, that kind of material. Okay, okay. Um, so then, you know, we might have... 500 holes in there, and then we'll just put them in. You take your little young plant, usually in April or May, and kind of take the roots and loosen them up a little bit. We call that tickling, and put them in there. Um, And you try to stuff them in a pretty small hole. And so this was new to me, like I said, a few years ago, but I've been really inspired about how much less water it needs because that holds it in. Um, and then how it kind of keeps it from getting uh, any kind of drying out or anything else. And, and one thing, this aspect of drying out, 
this year we had a horribly dry summer and it was really difficult. We still do, yeah. But the blessing was that early in the year it didn't rain. And so when you plant in all your new plants and even some of the older ones, they, they realize, oh, we're going to have to go down deep to find some water. And that's what you want. You want deep roots throughout the summer because the plants will be a lot more sturdy. So you have to be careful. Not In the first week or so, you need to water them enough because they, they need it. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's ideal if you water them about once a week and you don't get too too much water in the beginning so then they get lazy right yeah exactly and have you first of all i wanted to ask have you noticed that um like the weather patterns that we've had really in the last five years are they different than what than what we had like in the 70s 80s and even the 1990s dramatically so i go to a couple of conferences in the winter and and so we have a statewide weather I'm not sure what his title is, but a person that follows the weather. Okay. And he certainly has realized that it's getting a lot drier. And the zone that we were in before has been moved up so that it gets warmer earlier in the year. And a lot of our winters, like even last year, we had one real cold snap, but it's much different than it was. I grew up in Quincy and then I moved away for a long time, but it was not uncommon to have a lot of snow and very cold and you'd get out that winter coat and you'd keep it but now here we are what 55 today or something yeah 60 on saturday yeah right and so that's unusual and also just the with the whole planet we're having a lot of water on either side on the coast mm-hmm. and then we have just had so much problems here with dryness because you have to have enough water to attract water and the Mississippi River hasn't done enough for that. Right, yeah. I, I I grew up in St. Louis, and I suspected that in terms of, like, thunderstorms, uh, they were attracted to the downtown area in the summertime because of all the concrete, and especially the old Bush Stadium, if you remember it. It was one of those ones that were made in the 1970s that looked kind of like a like a sugar bowl, yeah. but it was like, like a round and... Almost, almost like a heat sink, really. Uh, you know, and it would always draw in like those thunderstorms, and they would linger there sometimes. So, you're, but basically, with the lack of moisture, it's almost like it attracts the heat, but it's not attracting the formation of the thunderstorms like we're used to. Right, and the, because the climate is warmer, so we can start planting a lot earlier. Yeah, but you still need to be a little careful about that about tender plants because it's usually around May 10th, May 15th is. The, the day when we still could have a frost. And I've had that happen when it was really nice and warm in April and May, and then there you go, you get down to almost a frost point and you lose some plants. So right. you need to have a little bit of a backup plan if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Does it uh, does this warmth, does it change some of what you plant now as opposed to what you couldn't plant before, but now you can? Yes, definitely we can plant earlier. I, I have uh, farmers around me, and they get uh, feed and minerals and things in these big 50-gallon plastic containers. And a lot of them have way too many, and they don't know what to do with them. But I love having these. So then if it does get really cold in the spring or the fall, I'll just take that and I'll put it over the plant. And I'll leave a little air for it at the bottom, you know, and and I won't Mm -hmm. leave it for like a week or anything. I'll just leave it there for maybe the night and take it off and put it back. And that has been a wonderful way to keep my plants a lot longer. Because sometimes in, Feb- in uh, October it'll be really cold, and then 
right. up until December, they could have been blooming, maybe. Right, right, exactly. So if you know somebody that has those, then they'll be probably glad to give them to you. I'm sure, and it it sounds like um, it sounds like the horticulturalist version of uh, somebody running a barbecue restaurant, getting an old propane tank and cutting it out and then using it for their own grill. It's kind of what it sounds like, really. I don't have that vision, but it sounds okay, like it's well, a good idea. I understand. I understand. If you if you watch somebody cooking Texas barbecue, you'll see these big round things, oh. and that they used to be propane tanks. Somebody got a welder out and they made themselves oh. a smoker, and that got it. it kind of sounds, <laughs> sounds like the same thing, only in reverse for you guys. So that's cool. That's very very cool. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, we're talking with uh, Deborah Lee, uh, Master Gardener Deborah Lee. We're going to take a break. We're at nine thirty. When we come back, we'll get you caught up on the latest commodity prices. Uh, from the Chicago Board of Trade and the Mercantile Exchange. That's on the way for you here on WTAD. Welcome back to the Mary Griffith Show for this Thursday, December 21st, with the uh, winter solstice happening this evening a little after 9.30 or so. Uh, talking it over with Master Gardener Deborah Lee here in studio. Good morning. Hi. Now, of course, one of the things that uh, this time of year is really known for is the poinsettia. Mm-hmm. And again, we were talking at the beginning of the show was about how the solstice has been observed for even before recorded history. And I guess the poinsettia has kind not, not so long a linkage to winter in this time of year, but pretty close. Right, and I don't know much about the history of that plant. Somebody that does might call in and, and enlighten us on that, if you don't know. But it is certainly a, a plant that we use to celebrate, and then often gets tossed out. And I've had them where I just keep them growing, uh, and I water them, like weekly, kind of, again, like we were talking about, paying attention to if the plant looks like it wants it or not. Um, and then I've had them last a couple of years. In the summertime, sometimes I have to cut them back, trim them back, and stimulate the growth, add a little fertilizer. They might not look as beautiful, but then when it gets more into that season, they, they come out. And you know, poinsettias are kind of expensive, especially if you get some of the big beautiful ones. And, and so it's fun, I think, that if you can just have that little challenge and see if you can get them into the summer. Yeah, because uh, don't they turn, like in the winter, or they're in the summer, they'll, at once the red leaves uh, kind of move. They turn back green, don't they? Yes. Yeah. And they don't look all that beautiful, but you know, they don't have to be in the main part of the living room or the dining room or something. They can be maybe in an area where you're just experimenting with them if that's something that you want to do. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Just uh, like you said, set it in the sun, kind of angle it around and, you know. <laughs> I've never tried transplanting it outdoors. It'd be kind of interesting to see. I, I would not think that it would be happy. But it'd be somebody might want to just do that instead of tossing it. They might yeah. think, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah, it like you know, and it like everything with planting, it always depends on the sun, doesn't it? Pretty much, and the water. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> does. It does. And uh, one thing that I've realized here in this particular studio that uh, overlooks Main Street in Quincy and it faces to the south is that uh, the angle of the sun is quite different from the summer, the winter, spring. Uh, it changes. Right. Right. It really does. And so plants, you know, if you've seen it at all, plants will literally follow the sun if they can. They will. And now, like, like I said, I had a, have a, a room where I have a, a lot of big windows in it. 
Um, so in the south, I actually kind of move the plants around a little bit, and sometimes I'll do this in the daytime. And because I don't want to scratch the floor, I'll put some little pad underneath them, but so I can easily just move them so that they can have two, three, four hours of sun if they're off in the corner and not getting it. I think I know. I think I know one thing that mi- that might help you, if if you can. You know those wooden dollies mm-hmm. yes. with the wheels. That might be great just... idea. I have one of those in the garage, a little tiny one. Good, That's a yeah. Good idea. That, that might, yeah, that might be just get as many on there as you can, and then just move it around and right. watch it go. So, yeah. So save those poinsettias if you can. Uh, I wanted to get back to one other thing I was interested about uh, in your in your garden on your property. There, you mentioned you have a spice garden as well. Herbs. Oh, herbs. Mm-hmm. I, you're right. Herbs. herbs yes. Yeah. I have a lot of medicinal herbs, and most of the medicinal herbs are culinary. And I do a lot working with medicinal herbs, and and people have thought like, oh, well, that's just weeds and it's nonsense. But you can go and you can look and you can find the chemical assay that there's thousands of plant nutrients that some of these herbs have, as do many of our plants that are natural ones. So um, I have a garden that's, I guess, about maybe 40 by 60 feet of an herb garden. Um, And I mentioned last time that I'm going to have to move an area of oregano because the weeds have gotten in, like all the grass, and I can't get it out, so I'm going to just kind of separate them out. And I'm going to take in that 12, uh, in that 8 by 8 area, I'm going to put in some dandelions because dandelions is one of the most health-enhancing planet, uh, plants that are on the planet. So I'm just going to, like, celebrate them a lot more and, and do more education about dandelions and and so we usually were out there killing them and trying to get them out of the yard. Right, but right. once they have their little flower and then they send out that pretty seed pod, that's it. They're not going to expand, really. They're not going to be a nuisance after that at all. Until the next year. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next year. But you can always cut off those little flowers if you have them in a certain place or a lot of times when the mower comes through. Right. Now, I've, I've heard of dandelion tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that be the main way to uh, get the benefits of that? It's an excellent way to do it. And whenever you're making tea, you don't want to boil anything. It's good if you can get some kind of filtered water. It's good if you use a non-metal pan because the metal kind of takes the flavor away from it. Uh, but you just uh, take your any part of the plant, really, if you clean off the root and pull that out and then slice it real thin on a diagonal um, just break up the leaves a little bit. You can do that with dried or fresh. It's very good for the heart and for the liver and just many different things. If you Google it, you'll see this huge list of important aspects about dandelion. Well, there you go, folks. You know, uh, One thing I wanted to touch with before we wrap up, I noticed that uh, um, you said that uh, you had to move some oregano because of weeds. So I'm assuming right. then that you aren't like a lot of people and just say, well, if I've got weeds, I've got to get the herbicide. I'm 100% organic. That's what I thought. Every once in a while, I'll do a little like on the uh, roads, like in the gravel roads or the sidewalk are a little bit, just a teeny tiny bit way, uh, way away from any of the plants. But no, I, and I find that that's worked well, and I do complementary gardening. And you can look up complementary gardening, and that shows what plants like one another and enhance one another and what don't. Now, with this oregano patch, I had grass, and I just couldn't get it all pulled out. So I'm just going to take it all out and separate and get all, rid of all that grass gotcha. and plant it someplace else. 
Gotcha. And then I'm going to have dandelion and something else. I'm not sure what else. I'll yeah. Maybe, uh, it some, wasn't, maybe there's suggestions. It <laughs> wasn't like a zoysia, was it, or any for the grass? Right? No, it's just regular. Oh, okay. Regular grass. And it, 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 that, that's kind of the hardest thing to weed out of gardens, really, because it, 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 it just gets itself maneuvered all around. Yeah, like in a way, though, that's kind of designed to do that, isn't it? Well, it's good if you have it in the lawn. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Perfect for the lawn. That's true. That's 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 why a lot of people like the zoysia because it's like a it's so aggressive right. in how because its root pattern is entirely different to regular like um, uh, like bluegrass or things like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know you've you know you've got a zoysia lawn when you reach, if not this time of year, then like late October, and it goes dormant. Right, right. Yeah. But then, you know. Which is practical. Yeah, March and April, back, back it is. Back, yeah. back it comes all nice and green. So, very good. Deborah Lee, thank you so much. We've run out of time. Thank you. It's nice meeting you. It's, it's a pleasure to meet you, too. And uh, if folks want to find out more, what, how should they contact you? Um, I'm at 4 Winds Farm, F-O-U-R, Winds Farm. It's windy. Um, and 217 257 1480. 257-1480. And we're closed now until the 1st of April. Gotcha. Very, very good. There's so much more we could have talked about. We're coming up on 941. When we come back, we are going to be talking with Don O'Brien from the Better Business Bureau about what you need to watch out for in this holiday season and beyond. It's on the way here on WTAD. Welcome back to the Mary Griffith Show on this Thursday, December the 21st. I'm Scott Hardy, in for Mary. And, of course, the Mary Griffith Show, sponsored by Harvest Ridge Coffee. And alongside the guy who's going to help you stay safe in this holiday time and help you hold on to your money and not fall for Nigerian princes and all sorts of other things, it's Don O'Brien. How are you, sir? Scott, good morning. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You are in prime vacation mode, and I don't blame you one bit. I'm, I'm going to be off all next week, so that's why I'm here. I'm here a week early. Yeah. Normally, Usually I'd be 28th. Yes, yeah. but now I'm, but I moved you up because I wanted to see you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very, very much. Now, of course, people are getting ready for Christmas on Monday, making trips to the, to the post office, you know, getting last-minute gifts. But folks need to be careful when they do that, and especially after Christmas, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, a confluence of all of everything together. And, uh, um, you know, our office put out some information today about gift exchange or excuse me, gift returns, not exchange, but returns. And, uh, boy, you, for all the money we spend, there are going to be millions of dollars of uh, items that are going to be returned. So, um, you know, the one thing then, and again, um, you know, I think most of us probably have our shopping done, but some of us might just be still waiting and, and, and buying some things. Mm-hmm. It's always good to know the return policies on things when you purchase them. So hopefully you, you looked at those things. And, um, you know, one thing that we really um, uh, want people to recognize or know about, if they're buying electronic goods, um, and let's say you get that electronic item, whether it's a cell phone, whether it's some kind of gaming system, and you and the person doesn't want it or doesn't like it, or maybe they've already got it and you bought the wrong thing, or, and you have to return it. Well, be careful because sometimes there's a restocking fee on, on items, and those restocking things, especially in the electronics world, can be somewhat pricey. So let's say you buy a thousand dollar phone, and there's a twenty percent restocking fee. Wow. Well, guess what? 
two hundred dollars is going to be yeah. out of your pocket just to just to turn that back in. So you might have to you know take that and maybe try to sell it online somewhere. Or yeah, I was going to say that 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 sounds like why people resell these things online mm-hmm. just to you know just to clean off the SIM card and then resell it just to avoid that fee. Yeah, there's nothing inherently. I mean, again, the 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 retailer needs to make those known and they do but what we don't do is we don't read the fine print and that might be in the fine print and that's nothing nefarious that's being done by those companies that's just you need you as a consumer need to know you need to know what you what you can return and sometimes if you buy um you know sometimes if you buy from pop-up shops uh they don't they don't take returns sometimes if you're buying things that are on clearance you can't return those items. So, um, you know, if you're buying an item for a loved one right now and, and you know, he or she doesn't like what they get, um, there might be some, some issues or some hurdles they may have to take when it comes to returning those goods. Would there be policies about who would make the return as well? You well think? Yeah, some, a lot of times with the retailer, give you, they'll, they'll give you a gift, um, you know, a gift um Receipt, so that way anybody can uh, anybody can return it. It doesn't always have to be the actual purchaser of the good that that returns that. So, okay. um, you know, that's something to keep in mind as as, as you go out and you uh, uh, you do your your shop your last minute shopping here the last three or four days before you hit the big day. Yeah, you've got a whole list of things that people should really watch for when they do the returns. Some of them we've covered about the return policy. Uh, online returns might have different policies as well. Uh, you know, like shipping costs or yeah. stocking fees. And that's the one thing. on uh, Talking about online, the, the, we, we get a lot of complaints from consumers who, um, let's say they purchased something online that wasn't their size, and sometimes they have a, a, a difficult time of getting a hold of that retailer and saying, hey, how do I get this back to you? So it's important on the front side of things when you're doing that purchase, find out, you know, how do I return this thing? Where are they located? Do they have a brick-and-mortar location? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can I get a hold? Do they have a phone number on their website? You couldn't imagine the number of especially maybe not-so-good online retailers that all they have is that blank form that you're supposed to put your information, in, and that's the only way that you can get a hold of them. And you hit send, and you just hope it gets to someone. Um, I know you know you you know what I'm talking about with right. those just you know forms. So um, again, look to make sure there's ways to actually get a hold of that company before you purchase. Yeah. Also, a really good thing that you talked about is um, not assuming that regular return policies apply. To a sale or a clearance item, mm-hmm. without a doubt, and uh, you know they, they uh, that, that's one thing we always, uh, of course, we're we've got those uh, you know Black Friday and Cyber Monday in our rearview mirror, and sometimes those the, the, their policies can be different for those things because those items are on sale. So you you can't buy your your big screen TV for three hundred dollars on sale and then go take it back and ex- expect to get if it's five hundred dollars regularly. Well, you're not going to get that full and that that full price. And that's another reason why they put those restocking fees in there as well. So really, when you're making a purchase, it's always best to know who it is you're buying from, basically. Hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you're looking for looking information, obviously BBB.org. We have millions of business profiles. It's impossible for us to have profiles for everyone, especially a lot of these online retailers. It tend to pop up. Uh, you know, sometimes with with these uh, um, uh, these online retailers, they'll be here today and they're gone tomorrow. Uh, so uh, just be careful. And those are the ones that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have prices that are maybe a little too, too good to be true. Um, so, again, you just have to be – just use your noggin a little bit while you're out there shopping, especially online. Yeah, that might be – 
you know, going to speculate here, but that might be the only way they're really making their money is because uh, if they're popping up and then disappearing, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a it, that's just a huge red flag to kind of stay away from them. If you know, if they don't have uh, when you're especially if you're looking online and if you're looking for somebody who's selling like say through Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, check the rating. Yes, check out you know people's ratings about it. These these big retailers have those ratings. They do, and the one thing with, about the ratings is, um, you know, me personally, what I do is is if I'm buying from from a retailer, uh, one that I'm not familiar with, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some certain things. Uh, one of the things are ratings, and I want to have that business to have a lot of. Um, you know, a lot of feedback. If, if they just have very minimal feedback, I'm going to stay away from them right. just because, A, they're probably new, and, B, you don't know how genuine those are. Um, again, not to say that a business couldn't get a lot of false positive um, uh, reviews on their website and mm-hmm. such, but, uh, uh, you know, there, there are certain things you can do. Um, you know, we uh, um, see a lot of times, especially now, uh, kind of dovetailing off to another kind of similar subject. Um, you know, the uh, world of social media is a great place where a lot of scammers operate, and they're going to put enticing things out there. And if you're a Facebook user, let's say you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, and you're a Facebook user, and you have that on your profile, where they're going to target the the some of the there's going to be legitimate retailers out there and they're going to be illegitimate retailers out there and they're going to buy targeted ads for you on Facebook and they're going to try to get you to buy whatever cardinal knickknacks they might have right. uh, or if you're a Cub fan or let's say that you uh, have been searching for pots and pans or something and you might get something from um, let's say QVC. Uh, and they may, again, put an attractive price on there and try to guide you to their website. Mm-hmm. And you really need to know, if if you're dealing with a website you've never dealt with before, you really need to investigate that. If if you go to um, if you go to buy a pair of Nikes from Nike.com, well, you're obviously buying right from the source. But if you pair of, buy a pair of tennis shoes for your kid from some other website you've never bought from before, well, that's going to be – you're going to have to do a little bit more research. You're going to have to do the work to make sure that the money mm-hmm. you're spending – is is going to be well spent, and you always have to, especially when you're online, you have to uh, worry about how they're asking you to pay. Is more is, that's a big thing more than anything else now. Uh, obviously, at, at Business Bureau, we encourage people to use credit cards because if you buy that thing and it doesn't come, you can do a, a charge back. But uh, nowadays, Scott, um, you know, Venmo's huge, Apple Pay. Uh, Zelle, uh, Cash App, you name it. If you use something like that and you buy an item from a website and you use one of those electronic peer-to-peer payment methods, that's just like me handing over cash to you. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. It's a very good point about why you should use credit cards. And we mean credit cards, not the debit card credit cards. Because the debit cards are, in a way, if you use it as a debit card, it just goes right out your account. Yeah, it does. It does, and it's very difficult. It's not impossible for your bank or credit union or banking institution to get that back for you, but it's a lot more difficult. Whereas with the credit card, I know some people are reticent to, to use credit cards because of the you know the interest rates and the such. But if you pay those off right away, you don't have to worry about that. And there are there are protections that you have with that credit card that you don't have with those others. So. Um, 
just, uh, you know, we, we, we're late in the game here, but, uh, you know, you always have a game plan, whether you're buying for Christmas right now, we got Valentine's Day coming up, you may have a loved one's birthday coming up, have a game plan and make sure you know how you're going to purchase those things so you don't get, uh, you get, get bit on the backside of things. Right. Yeah. I could, I could just imagine it with uh, you and your kids. If if they put in a Venmo request to you, and it's like, I'm sorry, son, that's not a secure method of payment, as <laughs> I know from the Better Business Bureau. Dad, come on. Well, that's okay. If I'm Venmoing my kids, I know that. But, you know, if you're Venmoing money to people you don't know or people you haven't dealt with before, yeah. um, you know, that's that's the, that's where people get into problems. So, yeah. But unfortunately, um, you know, for younger consumers, they are really... You know, they don't think twice about that. They're like, okay, I'm, you know, they, uh, we, I had, I, t- I did a speech earlier this year in front of a bunch of high school kids, and I said, um, you know, have you ever been scammed before? And this girl threw her hand up and said, yeah, I saw this sweater on TikTok that I liked, uh, and it was 60 bucks, and I cash apped the person that money. I said, and you didn't get your sweater? No. Did you get your $60 back? No. So that was a learning experience for this what, she's for 16, 17-year-old uh-huh. girl. Um, so, you know, it happens out there. And, uh, you know, I think that one, one you know, we're, we're out here in the boondocks and Forgottonia, and nobody thinks that we can get uh, get taken advantage of by scammers. But uh, thanks to the cell phone in my hand and the computer in front of me, uh, they can come right into your living room or right into your pocket without, without even trying. Yeah, there's a reason why it's called the World Wide Web. Yeah, so it is worldwide. One thing I would imagine that uh, parents need to have a conversation with kids about if they are on Venmo is just a reminder that, you know, with with Venmo, when you send something, you're invited to make a note as to mm-hmm. what it is about. You might want to be careful doing that because somebody if somebody wants you to pay by Venmo that you never dealt with. Uh, they can look at your history of what it is you're sending, and they could probably come up with a way to get more money out of you than you'd imagine. Yeah, you need to make sure you, if you're using those and any app that you have, you need to know the privacy settings. And there are ways to lock down. Like I have, I use Venmo very rarely, but I do. But I have everything on private. Right. Uh, so, or I guess my friends' network can see that. But that's similar to what I have on Facebook. That you know, and I only accept people that I actually know. Uh, you know, if I send, if I Venmo. Fifty dollars to someone for, let's say, I bought something online. I'm not going to make that person a friend of mine on Venmo so they can see my thing. So, right. um, you know, you just have to, you know, um, you just really have to think through things and, uh, you know, take do, do the best practices and, and make sure you're safe because we found now that, uh, um, and we just had a study come out about this uh, recently that younger people, um, the 18 to 34 set has always, in the last couple of years, our BBB scam trackers found, they've been more susceptible to being scammed than the 65 and older set. Our older, our older adults are smart. They know they can kind of smell out the scam. Well, conversely, um, when those older adults fell victim to a scam, they lost more money because, you know, a, a 70-year-old person is going to have more than an 18-year-old person. Now we're finding our latest scam tracker results finding not only are the younger, those 18 to 34s being falling victim to scams more, they're losing more money than older people because of scams like, you know, these electronic scams with online shopping, with employment scams, cryptocurrency scams are huge. So, um, you know, if you have a young person in your life, Make sure that they're aware of what's going on out there because they can lose a lot of money in a very short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. We're at 9.57, just a few minutes left. We're talking it over with Don O'Brien with the uh, Local Better Business uh, Bureau office. And uh, I'm going to ask you a loaded question here. 
How scared are you of AI in your job in the future? Well, so that's a good question. And AI is this great unknown right now. And, um, you know, they, so you, you, as far as a consumer, like, well, could AI just build a website and, and, and throw up throw up goods? Certainly. It, it can do it. If, if you've dealt with, I've kind of, I've only, just so I have a little bit of working knowledge, dealt with like chat GPT and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um it's amazing what can, what it can do in a blink of an eye, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there are things you and I are talking right now. Um, it would be it would take nothing for someone to take our voices and put a script together. And let's say they wanted to use me or one of us as, uh, oh hey, uh, this is this is Scott Hardy from WTAD. Uh, you know, we're doing a fundraising effort for the local police, and can you help us? And because they have trust in you, they have trust in Mary, they have tw- trust in Quaid. Right. They'd say, oh well, gosh, if WTAD is doing this, I'm certainly going to give money to the Benevolent Association or whatever it might be. Right. So that's where I'm scared of is the the fact that they only need a couple seconds of our voices. Uh, now, I don't want to have doomsday and be like, oh, my gosh, you know, have everybody, you know, chicken little running around. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there are certain there, – there, there are some real concerns out there about AI's usage. Yeah, and if uh, you have to be careful about that when you're looking at uh, some of the reviews on some of these larger websites. Some of them you can pretty tell, tell yeah. pretty easily that they've been manipulated in the mm-hmm. way – you know, they, they're always positive, and it, but it's just – it's not how people talk. Yes, correct. And, that, you know, again, build me a website, give me 1,500 positive reviews, and we're going to sell whatever we want to sell to try to take money from people. Yeah, exactly. So just, you know, it's the same old thing that you always talk about. Shop from people you know, read the fine print, mm-hmm. uh, you know, check twice, you know, agree once, stuff like that. So. Correct. And if you have questions, obviously, uh, that's what I'm here for. BBB.org, we have all kinds of information about what we talked about here today on there. Or give me a call. I, I talk to Quincy people all the time. Uh, so give me a call at 217-209-3972. Very good. It's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you. Happy holidays to you and yeah. everybody out there. And we didn't talk about Augusta National once. Not once. Oh. I'm going to go see the Illini tomorrow night, though. Bragger. Well, enjoy it, and hopefully bring them a victory, okay? Yes, over those Mizzou Tigers. Yeah, bring me some ravioli if you can. We'll do. All right, thank you. With some Provel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up on 10 o'clock. Stay tuned. The latest news from Fox is next here on WTAD. Good morning.